Welcome to our Bible study and reflection on this Wednesday before Christmas 2021. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God and most merciful Lord, we thank you for the love that you give us and help us to return that love to you by directing it towards others. Help us all, Lord, to know the joy of giving of our time, talents, and our treasures, all of which you have bestowed upon us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. These are some of Paul's final words to the Ephesians, and I thought them appropriate for the season of Advent and Christmas. This is a short reading from Acts chapter 20, verse 35. This is Paul's words. In everything I did, I showed you that by, kind, by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. In these words from Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 17, address this as well. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. I want to read a story that tells a tale of a reluctant giver that had to go through some heartache to have his eyes opened to the joy of giving. This story was printed in the Sporting Classics Daily publication on December 16th of 2020. The authorship of the story has been disputed, so I will just say the author is unknown. It is a wonderful story and a reminder of what a wonderful gift Jesus was and is and will always be to each and every one of us. I hope you enjoy this and are moved by the story and will share it with others. Paul never knew much compassion for the lazy or for those who squandered their means, then never had enough for their necessities. But for those who were genuinely in need, his heart was as big as all outdoors. It was from him that I learned the greatest joy in life comes from giving, not from receiving. It was Christmas Eve, 1881. I was 15 years old and feeling like the world had caved in on me because there just hadn't been enough money to buy me the rifle that I wanted so badly that year for Christmas. We did the chores early that night for some reason. I just figured Paul wanted a little extra time so we could read the Bible. After supper was over, I took my boots off and stretched out in front of the fireplace, waiting for Paul to get down the old Bible. I was still feeling sorry for myself, and to be honest, I wasn't in much of a mood to read the scriptures. But Paul didn't get the Bible. Instead, he bundled up again and went outside. I couldn't figure it out because we had already done all the chores. I didn't worry about it long, though. I was too busy wallowing in self-pity. Soon, Pa came back in. It was a cold, clear night out, and there was ice in his beard. 
Come on, Maddie said. Bundle up good. It's cold out tonight. I was really upset then. Not only was I not getting the rifle for Christmas, but now Pa was dragging me out in the cold, and for no earthly reason that I could see. We'd already done all the chores, and I couldn't think of anything else that needed doing, especially not on a night like this. But I knew Pa was not very patient at dragging one's feet when he told them to do something. So I got up, put my boots back on, and got my cap, coat, and mittens. Ma gave me a mysterious smile as I opened the door to leave the house. Something was up, but I didn't know what. Outside, I became even more dismayed. There in front of the house was the work team, already hitched to a big sled. Whatever it was we were going to do wasn't going to be short or quick. I could tell we never hitched up the sled unless we were going to haul a big load. Pa was up on his seat, reins in his hand. I reluctantly climbed up beside him. The cold was already biting at me, and I wasn't happy. When I was on, Pa pulled the sled around the house and stopped in front of the woodshed. He got off, and I followed. I think we'll put on the high sideboards, he said. Help me here. The high sideboards? It had been a bigger job than I wanted to do with just the low sideboards on. But whatever it was we were going to do would be a lot bigger with the high sideboards on. After we had exchanged the sideboards, Pa went into the woodshed and came out with an armload of wood, the wood I'd spent all summer hauling down from the mountain and all fall sawing into blocks and splitting. What was he doing? Finally, I said something. Pa, I asked, what are you doing? You been by the widow Jensen's lately, he asked. The widow Jensen lived about two miles down the road. Her husband had died a year or so before and had left her with three children, the oldest being eight. Sure I'd been by, but so what? Yeah, I said, why? I rode by just today, Pa said. Little Jakey was out digging around in the woodpile trying to find a few chips. They're out of wood, Matt. That was all he said. Then he turned and went back into the shed for another armload of wood. I followed him. We loaded the sled so high that I began to wonder if the horses would be able to pull it. Finally, Pa called a halt to our loading and went into the smokehouse, where he took down a big ham and a side of bacon. He handed it to me and told me to put it in the sled and wait. Carrying a sack of flour over his right shoulder and a smaller sack of something in his left hand. What's in the little sack, I asked. Shoes. They're out of shoes. Little Jakey had gunny sacks wrapped around his feet when he was out in the woodpile this morning. I got the children a little candy, too. It just wouldn't be Christmas without a little candy. We rode the two miles to Widow Jensen's pretty much in silence. I tried to think through what Pa was doing. We didn't have much by worldly standards. Of course, we did have a big woodpile though most of what was left now was still in the form of logs that I would have to saw into blocks and split before we could use it. We also had meat and flour, so we could spare that, but I knew we didn't have any money, so why was Pa buying them 
shoes, and candy. Really, why was he doing any of this? Widow Jensen had closer neighbors than us. It shouldn't have been our concern. We came in from the blind side of the Jensen house, unloaded the wood as quietly as possible, and took the meat and flour and shoes to the front door. We knocked. The door opened. A crack and a timid voice said, Who is it? Lucas Miles, ma'am, and my son, Matt. Could we come in for a bit? Widow Jensen opened the door and let us in. She had a blanket wrapped around her shoulders. The children were wrapped in another and were sitting in front of the fireplace by a very small fire that hardly gave off any heat at all. Widow Jensen fumbled with a match and finally lit the lamp. We brought you a few, a few things, ma'am, Paul said, and set the sack of flour on the floor. I put the meat on the table. Then Paul handed her the sack that had the shoes in it. She opened it hesitantly and took the shoes out one pair at a time. There was a pair for her and one for each of her children. Sturdy shoes, the best, shoes that would last. I watched her carefully. She bit her lower lip to keep it from trembling, and then tears filled her eyes and started running down her cheeks. She looked up at Paul like she wanted to say something, but it wouldn't come out. We brought a load of wood too, ma'am, Paul said. He turned to me and said, Matt, Go bring in enough to last a while. Let's get this fire up to the size it needs to be and heat this place up. I wasn't the same person when I went back out to bring the wood in. I had a big lump in my throat. And as much as I hate to admit it, there were tears in my eyes too. In my mind, I kept seeing those three kids huddled around the fireplace and their mother standing there, tears running down her cheeks with, with so much gratitude in her heart that she couldn't speak. My heart swelled within me, and a joy I'd never known before filled my soul. I had given it Christmas many times before, but never when it had made so much difference. I could see we were literally saving the lives of these people. I soon had the fire blazing, and everyone's spirits soared. The kids started giggling when Paul handed them each a piece of candy. The widow Jensen looked on with a smile that probably hadn't crossed her face in a long time. She finally turned to us. God bless you, she said. I know the Lord has sent you. The children and I have been praying that he would send one of his angels to spare us. In spite of myself, the lump returned to my throat and the tears welled up in my eyes again. I never thought upon those exact terms before, but after Widow Jensen mentioned it, I could see that it was probably true. I was sure that a better man than Pa had never walked the earth. I started remembering all the times he had gone out of his way for Ma and me and many others. The list seemed endless, as I thought on it. Pa insisted that everyone try on the shoes before we left. I was amazed when they all fit, and I wondered how he had known what sizes to get. Then I guessed that it was on an errand for the Lord. The Lord would not make sure 
the Lord would make sure he got the right sizes. Tears were running down Woody Jensen's face again, and when we stood up to leave, Pa took each one of the kids in his big arms and gave them a hug. They, cling to, they clung to him and didn't want to let us go. I could see that they missed their Pa, and I was glad that I still had mine. At the door, Pa turned to Widow Jensen and said, The Mrs. wanted me to invite you and the children over for Christmas dinner tomorrow. The turkey will be more than three of us can eat, and a man can get cantankerous if he has to eat turkey for too many meals. We'll be by to get you about 11. It'll be nice to have some little ones around again. Matt here hasn't been little for quite a spell. Widow Jensen nodded and said, Thank you, Brother Miles. May the Lord bless you. I know for certain that he will. Out on the sled, I felt a warmth that came from deep within, and I didn't even notice the cold. When we had gone a ways, Pa turned to me and said, Matt, I want you to know something. Your mind may have been tucking a little money away here and there all year so we could buy you that rifle for you, but we didn't have quite enough. Then yesterday, a man who owed me a little money from years back came by to make things square. Your ma and me were real excited, thinking that now we could get you that rifle, and I started into town this morning to do just that. But on the way, I saw this little Jakey out scratching in the woodpile with his feet wrapped in gunny sacks. I knew what I had to do. Son, I spent the money for shoes and a little candy for those children. I hope you understand. I understand, and my eyes became wet with tears again. I understood very well. And I was so glad Pa had done it. Now the rifle seemed very low on my list of priorities. Pa had given me a lot more. He had given me the look on Widow Jensen's face and the radiant smiles of her three children. For the rest of my life, whenever I saw any of the Jensen's or split a block of wood, I remembered, and remembering brought back that same joy I felt riding home beside Pa that night. Pa had given me much more than a rifle that night. He had given me the best Christmas of my life. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most merciful God, with the help of your Holy Spirit, guide us to think of and help others, even when it feels hard and uncomfortable. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone, and now go in peace and serve the Lord by giving to others.